Welcome to the creative brain of Dean Hawk. Get ready to be challenged, inspired, and equipped to become a better ministry leader. Hey, this is Dean Hawk. I'm so glad to have you guys uh, joining us for this uh, January podcast. It's a new year. 2017 yes. is upon us. Yes, hopefully everybody had a good time. And uh, let's get into today's topic. Okay, so this one is good. This is a tough one. This is a... Uh, this is comfort 101 is what we're going to call it. Um, but one of the greatest challenges in ministry is bringing comfort to those who are hurting. And how do you do that? Uh, what do you say? Um, how do you help those when you, there's no like practical answer? Um, and we say stupid things. Yeah, I mean, here's the reality. You know, when we say, I understand how you feel, yeah. um, um, unless you have walked that road, um, you know, I, I think death is a is a good one that all of us face in that, um, you know, it's just part of our job as ministers and helping people through that process. Well, I've, I've always looked at each one and said, I've never experienced what you're experiencing right now. Uh, I've, I've not had anyone close to me. Uh, all of my, my two sets of parents, in-laws, and my parents are alive. My siblings are alive. My kids are alive. And, and so I've never experienced that. So I'll look at them and say, I have no idea what, what, you're, you're, what you're going through. But uh, we can't let that hinder us from ministering because we haven't walked that road. Because, I mean, no, it, it totally does. Because I know whenever it's hospital visit and I have no idea what they're going through, I'm sitting in the parking lot going, what do I tell the person? Right, right. <laughs> you know, what do, you, what do I say? Or it's the funeral one. You're, going, you're showing up to the house before... Yeah. So I, I love the way Apostle Paul put it in 2 Corinthians 1. He said, The Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, so, and that's to me, that's the key word, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. And so I believe we become agents of comfort. I believe as as ministers and pastors and youth pastors and church leaders, I believe we need to become uh, what I call uh, have contagious comfort. Oh, I like that. Where we're we're contagious in. Um, I, I like to say that I hook up to the pipeline of of uh, hook up to God's throne to the person in need. And I'm going to be that, that agent of transfer of, of comfort. And so here's the way I put it. We submerge ourselves. If we could put it in a physical term, we jump in the bathtub or in the swimming pool of comfort. And we come out dripping, dripping soaked, and drenched with God's comfort. That when we come on a situation, that it, it brings peace in the middle of that storm. I'll never forget, uh, was called to a car accident, one of the teenagers in my youth pastor days. And, and uh, I get there and they've got three, I think there were, there were four of my teenagers in one car, car accident. Three are strapped to, to body boards. And, and, and I get to this one kid and, and uh, he looks at me, his eyes are bugging out, he is freaked out. And I looked at him and I put my hand on his chest and I called him by name and I said, you are going to get through this. I am here, but more than that, God is here. And, and I, I, I didn't want to make a false promise, um, you know, but, but I, said, I said, God's here. Uh, this is going to, you know, you're going you're gonna to come through this. You know, there was obviously, uh, I wouldn't say that to someone if, 
it's life-threatening because I think we can lie to people. Um, but anyways, you could just see a calm come over him. It's like, okay, breathe, relax. And he was able, he was able to, uh, lean in on my comfort and the spirit of God that was within me. He was able to lean on that. And as I say, he was able to have faith in my faith. He couldn't, he didn't have faith to connect with God himself, but he, he was able to have some faith in my faith and confidence that this was going to pan out. And and we, and it's, as ministers, we know that the presence of God, we carry it wherever we go. Exactly. So in those situations, like you said, you submerge yourself in it, and you know the presence of God, the love of God, the comfort of God is there. And people actually feel it. Yeah. You, I mean, how many times you walked in the hospital room, and they just said, the peace just walked in here. You know it's not you. Right. It's, it's just, I, it's I met just, with the author of peace in my car the whole way here. Yeah. So that's awesome. I mean, Paul, Paul experienced this in 2 Corinthians 7. He said... I am greatly encouraged. He said, in all of our troubles, my joy knows no bounds. For when we came into Macedonia, we had no rest and we were harassed at every turn. Conflicts on the outside and fears within. I love it when Paul says that. It just makes me go, okay, I'm normal. He had issues too. Yeah. And then he says, but God who comforts the downcast comforted us by the coming of Titus, and not only by his coming, but also by the comfort you had given him. And so there's that contagious. Uh, uh, That Titus came filled with the comfort that he had received. He brought that comfort and peace and confidence to Paul. Paul was basically, when I'm taking his, Paul's frazzled. And he said, you came, Titus, you pumped me up, you encouraged me, and uh, it it caused me to move forward. And, And so that's where... As ministers and pastors, we need to be those encouragers and that that comfort uh, in the middle of the storms of life that people are facing. That's that that is good. All right, I've heard you say it before. There are five simple things you could do to help comfort those that are hurting. So give me those five. Okay, real quick. Just uh, I know a lot of you guys are driving. You're on the treadmill. <laughs> I listen to a lot of podcasts when I'm on the treadmill. It just keeps me keeps me distracted. Um, <laughs> hey, here's here's a couple of big things. And, and no heavy revelation here, guys. Uh, number one, they need to know they are loved. And here's how we do that. We give them words of affirmation, reminding them of God's love, because the enemy has convinced them that nobody cares the problem they're going through, the sickness they're in, the pain they're going through. No one understands. Uh, yeah, nobody gets me. And so you come in and reaffirm that your love and commitment to them, your support for them, God's commitment to them, and 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 then just convey that. And and here's the biggest way is is through the power of touch. Yeah. And and I think we we underestimate the the anointing of God and the transfer. I love I love Mark 16. They'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Well, if I can can see a power trance through through touch for healing, then I believe it can happen for peace and comfort. Because we've had, thank God, 16 is over. We <laughs> have had uh, uh, no just some 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 challenging situations in the lives of our members and some deaths and. And uh, Colorado Springs ex- experience, you didn't hear it on the news, but, but we uh, just had t- way too many youth suicides here in our community. And some of those impacted uh, members and touched member families of ours. And, and especially in death, um, there are no answers. There are no answers when you're, you're with a loved one, a husband or a wife, and, and, their, and their spouse has just passed. 
And, and uh, you know, that's where I release the power of touch. That when I enter a room, I just put my arm in the small of their back and just, and I will just hold it there. Um, okay. You know, there was a time where uh, a woman is standing there looking at her husband for the, for the first viewing since his passing. And, and I just held my hand there. I didn't need to say anything. Yep. There's nothing I can say. Yep. There's nothing that's going to make this situation better. But I believe that just being there and being that point of contact and, and reinforcing God's peace and comfort through that touch is huge. Um, secondly, give them a scriptural foundation to stand on. Uh, a lot of people talk about reading the Bible, but they really, I always like to say, what are you standing? What are you believing yeah. God? You got a, a bad report. And they go, well, I don't know. I, I'm just praying that I'm better. Well, let's <laughs> find some specific scriptures and then I'll try and, and speak into their life that, that here's a situation that, that applies to where you're at. Here is a, a, a Bible uh, character, a person. He went through this. Yeah. Um, and, and he was experiencing some of the same thing. And here's how God delivered him. I think this story applies to you. And it helps them um, kind of make that point of contact that I have a, a scriptural foundation to stand on. I'll shoot them a text. Hey, thinking of you today and your situation. Yeah. Here's a scripture. Um, you know, mull this over today. Meditate on this scripture today. And just reminding them of, of their, who they are in Christ uh, who God is in comparison to their situation. And uh, I don't know about you, but I've, I've seen that so many times people really just don't know what to, scripture to stand on. And one of the things, I, I, and you already, we already kind of went over it, but uh, you said text. Just send them a text after you leave or the next couple of days. That means the world to them because yeah. it's kind of like they're still here. Because once you leave, what does the enemy come? He comes right in there to say, Oh, you know, nothing happened, nothing took place. Oh, you're alone again. Man, sending that text message is an amazing thing. It just makes them go, hey, I'm not in this alone. That's and it kills research. that enemy's lie that nobody cares. Totally. And then you give them a the little scripture that makes them just go, I mean, we know what scripture is. It's life. Yeah. You know, it just it brings And And I hands. think this would go back to one of my pet peeves of ministry. That would mean that they would have to know your personal private cell number. Oh, if that's you're right. Gonna, you shouldn't do that. <laughs> you're going to text them. Because what happens? Then they actually talk to you. You don't want to talk to your and, people. Uh, and so they're going to they're gonna know who you are. And I, like I said, if you set your boundaries, people won't abuse it. Number three, <laughs> reassure them that they're not in this fight alone. Yeah. Um, that's where we pull in our elders, our leadership, and just sending those encouraging emails, texts, notes, and there's nothing like a personal note. Um, praying for you today, uh, just praying that for God's goodness, blessings, whatever it is, just a personal note, drop it in the mail. Snail mail old school is, is pretty powerful. And, and, and you're, we're really intentional about it here. If someone's in the hospital and they're fighting something, or if there's been a death in the family and the family's there, we'll create a rotation. Yeah. You go, I go, someone's going to be here in another hour. We just constantly love on them. And it's, it, it's that just being present shows people that you love, care, and you're in the battle with them. Exactly. And the fourth thing is just release the power of prayer. Um, and this seems uh, redundant that, well, shouldn't we know to pray? Um, I, I don't know if you guys have ever done it, but, but I've been in a situation. I was starting to head out of maybe that hospital room in the situation. <laughs> Holy Spirit's like... This is my words, not the Holy Spirit. Dork, aren't you going to pray for him? Yeah. You know, that I, yeah. I got so distracted in meeting the family members and, and being an encouragement that I, I, I didn't pray. I had a, had a guy come in to meet with me uh, uh, some time ago. And I mean, 
the previous three years of his life was like living hell part three mm. return of jason just i mean <laughs> marriage finances job career physical health attacks mental health attacks and and to be honest i don't know if you guys have ever felt like this where, where you're sitting there and you're like Dude, your life sucks. This is this is really bad. And and man, I have no answers. And I had no no catch answers. But I tried to encourage him. And then uh, here's what I simply did: is I said, I believe in the power of prayer. Yep. Uh, the book of James says, the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man has great and wonderful results. And and so uh, I, I just said, you know, can we pray? Let me pray for you. And and the way I felt is is uh, I felt like a, a pixie cup of water <laughs> and standing on the edge of the Grand Canyon and you said, you need to fill the Grand Canyon up to, to level and I was going to take my pixie cup. That's the way I felt, but yeah. that's not what scripture tells. It says that when we pray, big things happen. And so I just prayed for the power of God in each and every one of those areas. And like two days later, I got an email back from him and he's just said, hey, I have been pain-free for the first time in three years. Oh, wow. uh, uh, my, my relationship with my wife, it just seems like, like there's a freshness there. And, and he just saw, he said, thanks for praying. I can see the difference already happening. Yeah. And so that makes a difference. And then the last one is just share a personal testimony or story of hope. Uh, let's say Mike's going through a a, a physical battle. I might not have been through that that surgery that he has, but I've had family members in the hospital and go through surgery and get the bad reports. And so I can I can say, hey, I remember I remember you know eight years ago when my daughter was in the hospital. I know those feelings and I know the thoughts that you're thinking when your loved one is going into that That's surgery good. room. Uh, we never want to say it, but you know we all kind of wonder and question. You know, is this the last time I'm going to see them alive? Because yeah. you you have to sign that little piece of paper that says I'll not hold you responsible yeah. <laughs> if I die during this procedure. And and uh, to talk about, I like to say, I like to talk about the elephant in the room. Yep. And and because it's there. And say, here's what I felt. And you know, I'll give them the one up. I'm sure you've not felt this, but I'll just share what I felt. And when my wife was going into surgery, and I went and sat in the waiting room. And the enemy said, you're never going to see her again alive. Mm -hmm. And it was a simple procedure of, you know, her gallbladder was getting out. It's not really simple, but she would <laughs> shoot me for that. But, but, you know, it was a standard procedure. It wasn't a risky, you know, life or death. Type done before. Yeah, it's been done before. And so uh, anytime that you can share a miracle of what God has done opens the door for others. But uh, I, I would just stress, I think we don't have to have the answers in all of the situations. And, and you know, many times I just look at people and say, man, I'm really sorry you're going through this. And that's really what they want to know is that someone cares. And, and then uh, uh, the, the, the power of touch. Um, you know, I, I was recently in a situation and, and there was a young teenage girl and uh, uh, lost her father. Oh, and and I, just, I just held her. And just, just, you know, um, we're going to walk this out one step at a time. There's not an easy answer in those situations. But, but guys, know this. Know the power of what you have, that you have a connection with God that, honestly, probably a lot of people don't really 
have. And you might judge yourself and say, I don't have that much. But uh, the reality is that you're probably further down the journey, the spiritual journey, than many of the people that you're ministering to. And, and just have confidence in the Spirit of God that's in you is going to help you bring comfort, as Titus did to Paul, and and helping them out there. I, I, I just remember going and seeing, you know, they just lost a loved one. I just went there to go comfort them. Knew didn't have any idea what I'm going to say. I sat on the couch for like 30 minutes, maybe exchanged a couple words. And then I remember later on I got a letter and it was, thank you for just being there. Yeah. Sitting on that couch meant the, meant the world to me. And I was like, I did nothing and said nothing. Yeah. I mean, I told my wife, I was like, I don't even know why. I, I, I don't even know what I was saying. But just being present, they just knew. It's very true. Knew, you know, knew you loved them. Knew that yeah, you cared. Yeah, same situation, sitting with a loved one during surgery. Yep. Um, it's a weird feeling when you're sitting there in the, in the waiting room. And all the, it's all their family. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, uh, but uh, same token, a uh, year or two, three years later, uh, it'll come out and they'll say, man, I'll never forget the time you came and sat with me yep. in you know, for three hours during my spouse's surgery. And that meant the world to me. And, and here's what it is. If you want to win people to Christ, yeah. draw them into the family of God, connect them in loyalty to the church, it's in times of transition and times of crisis. Yeah. And, and they will be loyal to you because you have demonstrated a loyalty to them. It's, it's the coolest thing. It's an honor and privilege that we get to actually be in their life. During yeah. those times, like we're part of their world during those times. Like yep. we're allowed to. God allows us to. It's, it's awesome. And sometimes you just become a wallflower in those waiting rooms. You and let the it. family talk yeah. and you just say, I'm here. And if you need me, I'm here. And, and you just create a presence in that, in that room. And, and we're out of time, guys. But uh, I want to I just encourage you um, to, be, to be the tightest to some Paul's and fr ministry friends in your life. Who are those friends that um, uh, maybe the Lord just stirred your heart? Call so-and-so, call so-and-so. And you're like, I just talked to him last week. Yeah. Or I don't want to call him. And, and that's the Lord just challenging you to bring some comfort, to bring some peace into their world. And, and, I, think, uh, and I think it's important that we as ministers do that for each other because I think uh, there's very few members that feel like, oh, I'm the one to bring a, a word of comfort and encouragement yep. to my pastor. Um, because I think a lot of a lot of our members are like, he doesn't have any problems. Everything's just fine. Your poop don't even stink. Yeah. And yeah. so uh, uh, be that to one another and really pray for God to use you to minister to those uh, ministry friends. So contagious comfort, uh, be, that, be that agent of change and comfort to those you come in contact with. We'll see you guys next month. Uh, please share this. Uh, podcast with uh, your friends. If you're liking it, enjoying it, share it with your friends. And then uh, I don't remember the dates. We'll get the dates in September is our Accelerate Pastors Ministers Conference, yeah. Leadership Conference. It's coming up in September. It's like the second week. Uh, it's at acceleratepastors.com. Isn't it, Brent? It's on there, the date. I think it is. Pretty sure it's there. It is now. It is now. <laughs> All right. So uh, we will see you guys next month. Thank you for joining us today. For a free sermon series, teaching outlines, and PowerPoint, visit deanhawk.com. For more information on our Accelerate Leadership Conference or to register, visit us at acceleratepastors.com.